And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So I hope everybody had a good weekend thus far. We have a lot to get to on today's show, but just a little bit of news. Uh, we'll be increasing the volume of shows going forward since, you know, we're just to get you guys and gals back into the swing of things. We'll be going back to five days as we did before. Everything kind of fell apart and um, we were kind of living in this post-apocalyptic non-sports world. Uh, but you know what? We're back. We're, we're filing all c- cylinders. We have a lot going on. Today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, Stamkos getting back in the swing of things as, as we all are. We're going to discuss. We're going to go on a different road as well. We're also going to discuss uh, some prospects, uh, some of the Lightning's NCAA prospects that, you know, they they unfortunately couldn't finish their season. And now they're they are faced with maybe a little bit of a tough decision, whether to stay in college or maybe make the jump to the AHL. We'll get into that. And then uh, we'll discuss a little bit about Victor Hedman f- be becoming a finalist for the Norris Trophy. No surprise there. I think we all knew. Uh, you know, regardless if the season was going to be played out or not, that you know this that was something that was going to happen regardless. Um, Headman, obviously one of the best, probably top three, definitely top three defensemen in the league right now. Um, and we'll discuss how good are his chances to bring home another Norris Trophy this year. So let's start off the show. We'll discuss uh, Steven Stamkos. The other day, practice for the second straight day. Uh, he was second on the team in points this year with 66 points, so that shows you how big of an impact he had on this team. Like I've stated on a number of epi- episodes, especially when he got hurt, is that the one thing that is really important um, and what mi- sets him apart from other players is that he uh, his ability to perform on the power play and how vital that is to a, a long run in the playoffs. And so, yeah, he scored 12, 12 power play goals this year. Uh, you know, he led the team, obviously, in power play power play goals. And, you know, one of the most notable performances he had this year was his two-goal game in Vegas in which both his goals came on power plays on that, uh, you know, that sweet spot from the left circle uh, right on the one-timer. You know, you, you, you normally hear a lot of people – when you think of that spot, especially on a one-timer, you think of Alex Ovechkin. Well, you know what? Stam- Stammers, in my opinion, I believe that, you know, if he played more games, if he, like I've said on past shows, you know, the, the only one thing that's holding him back from being maybe considered as, I guess, top five, maybe an elite class player uh, in this league. I mean, he's still a great player. Regard- you know, he's the heart and soul of this franchise is that his ability his un, his inability to stay healthy and i believe that if he if he were to i think he would be able to put up alex ovechkin type numbers uh they do have 
I believe the same amount, you know, same level of skill set. Um, I think that maybe Stammer in some way wins out if you were to compare them. If, you know, they play the same amount of games, Stammer definitely kind of takes his game to another level in terms of his ability to be a playmaker and distribute the puck and set up his teammates for prime scoring chances. Uh, Coach Cooper uh, came out and said, I'm not going to read the whole quote. I'm just going to say basically what Cooper said that, um, you know, if he's – he's healthy he'll play in the exhibition games um in the exhibition game you know they're only playing one exhibition game that'll be against the florida panthers um and he uh but if you know it's not if his timetable with how he's doing and everything and his rehab if that doesn't align up with you know the for the exhibition game then maybe they won't play him which i i said on the past episode i wouldn't be too broken up about it and i don't think a lot of lightning fans would either if maybe they just sat Stammer, maybe even for the first round robin game. I know these are really considered real games, but when you look at the prize for these round robin games, it's really not much. I mean, it's it's if it was normal circumstances and you know they were playing in Tampa and these other teams were playing in their home arenas. Yes, home ice advantage would be kind of more of a, a glamorous thing to go out there and try and achieve by getting the first seed out of the round robin. But considering that they will be playing all their games in Toronto and the only thing that will really be changing is the color of the jerseys, um, it doesn't matter. I look at these just as an extended training camp, exhibition, whatever, pre-playoff games, whatever you want to call them at this point. Uh, if you do remember, Stammer did miss the first four days of camp with a lower body injury, and that was sustained uh, during voluntary workout. So he didn't. This was could have been something that he tweaked in the li- in the in the weight room lifting. I think it was a hamstring. I think or a groin. I don't think like you know this is something that you know maybe he took a shot off the leg or something. I think this maybe he was he maybe moved the wrong way or he he was moving some weight in the gym that you know he thought he could lift and you know he wasn't his body wasn't quite there yet and that's no fault to him I mean any of us who have ever worked out before have been in the gym and maybe have taken uh some time off especially now when the when the gyms are starting to reopen I'm sure some of us will come across this we'll we'll maybe lift with our ego and then we'll hurt ourselves unfortunately but you know what that's I I like I said, I don't. I think that's the only reason why he's out for this suspended extended. Can't talk right now. Extended period of time in which they're being very cautious with him. Because, as we all know, if any of us have ever had an injury like this, I know I have. Um, if you ever hurt your groin or your hamstring, they're one of those things where you have to. You really have to baby it while you're rehabbing it. If not, then uh, you could you could end up tweaking it again. If not, injuring it more and maybe putting yourself out of commission for an even longer amount of time. So I think that's the only reason why. Plus, you know, we're all familiar with how susceptible to injury Stammer is. So I guess that's might be some part of the reason as to why uh, Coach John Cooper and Brees Bros, the GM, are, are you know, their reasoning for maybe uh, pulling the reins back on Stamkos and not letting him get too much uh into the groove of things in terms of you know just do not doing too much to where he could re-injure himself more or you know even worse or make his in, pre-existing injury uh worse 
But, you know, I like I wouldn't be mad either if they just, you know, if they played him. So what they should do, and this kind of goes back into the segment that I ran in the last episode. Um, you know, I, I'm sure some of you who listened to the last episode, this might have been nails on a chalkboard for you. But I made the suggestion, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning did it. I wouldn't be surprised if some other teams maybe incorporated the hockey version of it. But if they did sort of a NHL version, hockey version, because it's not something we really speak about a lot, but load management. And I let's let's take a minute for that to maybe sink in where in this day and age, especially with load management in Major League Baseball, uh, with even when in the NFL, when players, if their team is already clinched the playoff spot, you know, we see it every year. We've seen it every year with the uh, with the. New England Patriots with Tom Brady, you know, sometimes they would sit him the last two games of the season or have him play a quarter or whatever. Um, I guess that's the NFL's version of load management, if you want to call it that. But we, we see it obviously primarily used in the NBA. And I think that's what the Lightning should do with Stamkos. And not just Stamkos. They should do it definitely with McDonough, John Ruda, you know, the, the, the players that have unfortunately been kept off the ice for extended periods of time. I know Hedman uh was hurt and it looked like he might have was going to miss some significant time too right when play stopped i don't know we haven't really heard anything he's been on the ice he's been playing um i know he's going to play in the uh scrimmage that is going to take place today um so i i they never really disclosed what exactly it was and you know, I wouldn't be. I'm not going to be too shocked, and I'm sure everybody is aware by now. Going forward, the NHL has stated that they're not going to disclose any of the injuries that occur to players. So that means if you know a lower body injury is going to be even more obscure now. It's going to be a quote unquote unfit to play uh, status. Which <laughs> I mean, it's just comical at this point. Just, you know, I think, I just think it's a funny thing. You know, it's one of those things, especially if it's a big game and, uh, another team's top player, you know, is out and it's unfit to play. That can mean a whole, uh, that can mean a plethora of things as to what could possibly be wrong with this guy. But I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's the league wanting to give privacy to the players and the media and the fans just have to respect it. Um, I think it's maybe Part of it has to do with if a player does contract COVID, it's a way for maybe the public not to you know go completely crazy with it and all that. So maybe that might be the other reason there. But yeah, load management, I think they should definitely do it with Stamkos. And what does that mean? How do you do it without the guy not being able to get any reps in? I believe sit him for the exhibition game, maybe play him... I mean, I wouldn't exactly know, you know, just from what kind of I, because like I said, I don't know what kind of injury is at this point. We're assuming it could be his groin, it could be maybe a hamstring. Um, having said that, I'm no physical therapist. Um, I'm just going off of what personal experience I've had with both those injuries. All I could say is that, you know, maybe play him the equivalent of maybe play him 20 minutes. Maybe have 20 minutes of ice time. That's maybe something, whether you're playing sparingly in every period or maybe you just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. I guess that's the best way to do it is that, you know, you have him play a couple of shifts here and there. Not as frequent as he normally would um, in a in a game, but, you know, something close to that. I would have to say maybe if they want to be extra precautious with him, 
maybe throw him out there for maybe 10 minutes. I think that's a good, maybe a couple of shifts here and there. I would say probably maybe 10 minutes, probably 10 to 12 shifts. That's probably, I guess, a good happy medium range to where you're, you're not going to really run the risk that high of him possibly re-injuring himself. But at the same time, you're giving him enough burn on the ice to where it's not going to, you know, he's going to be able to to kind of get back in the groove of things and, you know, not exactly push himself too far at the same time. So I guess that's, you know, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see what the Lightning do. Like I said, this is not exactly a familiar thing that we have seen across the NHL. We have seen it probably here and there, but it's not like teams are coming out and saying, well, you know, we're going to – so-and-so is on the ice for – X amount of minutes and then that's it regardless of if his minutes are up by the second period or by the third or even in the first I I mean you're not going to have teams especially in the National Hockey League come out and say that just because of the nature of the sport and everything that just becomes with the I guess the tough guy label that you know you see across the NHL with every with hockey players in general so yeah it's it's going to be weird it's going to be interesting but that's what makes hockey hockey great And you know what's also great? RockAuto.com. Because RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So today's, this segment is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Now, probably since... Maybe since our first episode here at Locked On Lightning, uh, but you know it was one of those things where, you know, putting together not not just putting together a list, but discussing the prospects. That's something that it's exciting, and you want to get it right. Uh, you know, it's because you know unless these players are playing in college, there's really not going to be a lot of I guess footage, and unless you have the AHL package, which some people do. Um, you know, you're not really going to see a lot of videos of these players. You're going to maybe see some of the prospects in the system. Only, the only video you might ever see of them is when they get invited to camp and they're, you know, trying to fight for a position uh, to make it at the NHL roster. But you're really not going to see some of, you know, you're only going to see maybe highlights for some of the, the top level name players. But so when I was thinking about, you know, obviously the AHL is over. Um, what about, you know, what are all the prospects for the Lightning are going to do? During this time, you know, they really don't have much of a chance. All they could, all, much of a choice, really. All they could do is work on their game in the offseason, and hopefully, maybe the AHL teams will eventually, probably, I would say, maybe around uh, early November, I guess, because that's when I would imagine the NHL, the NHL is probably, probably going to start games end of November, early December. And training, yeah. So training camp would start around then. 
I would imagine the AHL teams are going to do something as well, of course. So, or possibly earlier. Now, having said that, though, what happens to all the prospects that are still in college? So, I kind of, you know, went through some of the, you know, some of the list online. We went into it some briefly. We spoke about some of the list with Chad Schnarr. A couple of, I think it's probably been a week, a month now that we've spoken with Chad from Bolts Prospects. So I went through the list um, of some of the guys that stuck out to me on that list. I'm not going to go through every player on that list. Prospect, actually. Let's call them prospects now. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through every prospect, but I'm going to go through some of the guys that we might see um, in the NHL in, in, in the coming years or you might hear their name pop up, especially when there might be injuries at the NHL level. And, you know, they might be kind of, you might see a guy who might play a role like um, Mitchell Stevens did this year. You know, Mitchell Stevens was popping up and down from Syracuse almost every couple of weeks to fill a spot. Um, he only played nine games, but, I mean, he, he very much impressed me a lot. And I hope to see a lot of Mitchell Stevens in the future at the NHL level. But these are some of the players that I think that will will make an impact um, not only at the the NCAA level if they choose to go back but will if they choose to go to the AHL will we might be seeing their names pop up a lot more and more frequent in Syracuse so let's go down the list now I, I picked out of out of the list of countless guys I mean I think the the list extends to maybe 50 players off the top of my head I'm not looking at it right now I just jotted down the the some of the players that stuck out to me and uh, we're gonna start with the number nine prospect overall so if you want to go to bolts prospects and kind of uh, follow along um, we'll, we'll go uh, we'll, we'll discuss it so the number nine prospect is Sammy Walker, and he's a forward from the University of Minnesota. Now, why does Sammy stick out to me as much as he does? Well, here's the thing. If you look at Sammy Walker right off the bat, you don't really see, just like if you do the eye test with Sammy, it's really not impressive. He's 6 feet, he's 170 pounds. Now, for the NHL, he's probably going to have to pick up maybe a couple of 10 to 15 pounds. Um, of muscle, of course. I mean, these guys aren't going to be skating out there overweight or in bad shape. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me with Sammy, uh, and and if you know you, you're not familiar with Sammy Walker, he's he was drafted by the Lightning in the 2017 NHL draft. Uh, he was a seventh round pick, um, and the one thing that really stuck out to me is his scoring ability. Uh, during the 2019-2020 season, he scored 21 goals uh, with. 56 points over 74 games which I don't know if how many of you have watched college hockey it's a very different game in terms of how it's played um, it's very team oriented as a lot of NCAA sports are you know that's just the nature of it um, but even then scoring 21 goals and having 56 points over 74 games that's pretty impressive um, now he's the other thing that stuck out to me, and you know, some people might not take a lot of stock in this, is that he was named the captain for the team as a sophomore, which is pretty impressive. Um, so that means not only that he's a good leader, but the program, you know, University of Minnesota is, isn't exactly a small program. They're one of the best programs in college hockey. So, uh, you know, for them to put their trust in a sophomore and give him the C right off the 
you know, in his second year of college, that that shows that you know how much they they have faith in him. So you know that will definitely, hopefully, you know that will maybe perk up some eyes with the scouts and maybe some coaches in the minor league system. Now, the thing that really, the other thing that stuck out to me and kind of made the list for me, other than his you know his pre-existing ranking on Bolt's prospects, um, you know, Bolt's prospect is the number one hub in my opinion for. Um, for if you want to find any information on any lightning prospects, whether they're in the NCAA or they're overseas or in the, the ECHL or in the AHL. So, uh, you know, definitely go over there if you want to learn more about maybe some of the guys that I have spoke that I will speak about on today's show or some of the guys that maybe I didn't, you know, because I, I said maybe in the offseason what we'll do, you know, once all this playoff madness is over and done with. I'll, I'll go down the list of you know some of the prospects and I'll say why uh, we might have some reason to believe that they might be joining the team sooner rather than later and why we should be excited about these guys. You know, all of that. Um, in the meantime, you could always go back to the episode I did with Chad Schnarr, who you know had a huge part in making that list, of course, since he, you know he, he is a contributor contributor at Bolt Bolt Prospects. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. And then maybe look down the list and right into the show, definitely. Uh, you know, at LO underscore lightning, you know, tweet to us as to who do you think is one of the, your favorite Bolts prospects? Who do you think is your, who are you really excited to see at the NHL level? Who do you think has the most upside? Who do you think maybe is right where they should be? The, uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, we'll definitely get in, like I said, we'll definitely get into all the details of that. Um, but Samuel Walker, uh, there was, a, I remember when it happened. He was in a three-on-three tournament. They do this in, you know, the offseason. You know, a lot of people don't really take much stock in those tournaments because it's, you know, it's three-on-three. You know, how much how much similar could it be uh, to hockey, like real hockey, like, you know, the five-on-five. But the one thing that stuck out, especially after that and the development camps that he went to in the offseason was uh, how fast he is, uh, how deadly his shot is. Um, and especially his hands, you know, that's the one thing that you see a lot more players popping up with uh, is that three that three headed monster of a combination. And that's something that you're definitely going to see a lot more. That's just the way the the game is moving now and towards if it hasn't already officially made its place is, you know, uh, having good hands, of course. I mean, that's a staple. Every hockey player who wants to compete at the top level definitely needs that. Um, but having speed and a great shot, especially at where he is right now. Um, that's definitely something to be super excited about. So hopefully we see more of Sammy Walker in the future, and we'll definitely be speaking about him more when we go in our in-depth segments about the Lightning's uh, minor league and prospects. So let's move on to the number 25th. You know, I'm kind of bouncing around. The other guy that I will mention just a little bit is a little higher on the list than him, but this guy I wanted to talk to him about because not a lot's known about him. Um, it's uh, Magnus Krona. He's a goalie. He was drafted in the 2018 draft in the fifth round. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why are the Lightning... Now, Magnus is only 19 years old. Um, and here's the thing. Like, you know, we still... We have a great goalie, a Vezina winning trophy winner in, you know, uh, Andre Vasilevsky. And Vasilevsky is only 25. Um and so you're probably asking yourself, why with the Lightning? And if you read up a little bit, which you will probably, hopefully, because um, I would definitely recommend looking into more about Magnus Krona because, you know, God forbid it all goes to shit with, with Vasilevsky. You know, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't. Um, 
we could very well be seeing Magnus Krona maybe in the next, uh, I would say, maybe two to three years if he keeps rising at the trajectory he is rising right now. So he, he, um, you know, the whole thing, the whole what his whole beginning, his whole story is so it's such a strange um, beginning is because when the Lightning were going to draft them, that draft, 2018 draft, was delayed because they weren't even sure if he was eligible. If he was, you know, he he there not a lot was known out about him. Um, he uh, was playing in the top junior level of the Super Elite League out in Sweden. Um, uh, yeah, but like I said, not a lot's known about him. But guess what? He's he uh, he's been very impressive, and the kid is huge. He's I believe he's six four. Uh, over 200 pounds, so he's a big guy. I mean, he's basically kind of the same mold and cut as Andre Vasilevsky. Um, so let's just look over some of his numbers. So um, after he got drafted, he spent another season in the Super Elite League, played 26 games. He had a four, uh, a straight four goals against average with a .889 save percentage. Uh, on and but then again, his team wasn't very good, so uh, you know you could chalk that up as to him not maybe having good players in front of him. Um, but the following season, he played. He went. He decided to take his talents to the University of Denver, and he play. He's playing there currently with uh, Bolt prospect Cole Gutman, and he he had a very good campaign. I thought he played very well. If you just look at the numbers, like I always say, uh, numbers don't lie, especially in hockey. Um, he had a great first year. Uh, freshman year in college, he had a 2.15 goals against average, and he had a .920 save percentage over 27 games. So that's pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, probably part of the reason why, you know, this might come as some of a surprise is just because of how how young he is. He's only 20 years old now. You know, he was drafted when he was 19. Um, you know, looking at his numbers and seeing some highlights of him, I think he could use another year in the NCAA to kind of just, you know, maybe fine tune a lot of his skills, maybe get rid of some bad habits, uh, get a little bit stronger, and then maybe um, after his sophomore year, he could elect to come to the Syracuse Crunch. Um, but yeah, uh, the thing is, is that maybe he'll elect to come to the AHL right away just because there's still a lot unknown. And the same thing goes for Sammy Walker and the next prospect as well. The reason why I, I spoke I, I brought I singled these guys out as well is because not a lot is known about them, but at the same time they have so much upside in the limited amount of time that we've seen them play. And there's so much uncertainty surrounding the upcoming NCAA season as to as to even if they're gonna have one. So, you know, if you know, staying in the staying in college might hurt hurt some of these guys in the long run. So, you know, that's definitely something that might come into play. So we'll just have to sit and wait to see what the NCAA uh, decides going forward. They do still have a lot of time. But at the same time, you know, maybe the, the, the hockey portion of the NCAA will follow suit and they might just decide to kind of just put the kibosh on the whole thing considering a lot of the sports, I know football, uh, you know, some conferences are trying to play down in the south. But... um it looks like we're not going to have any college football. If we do, it's going to be very limited. Basketball, same thing. So hockey might be the same way. We might not. We might have a, a very limited season to where a lot of good teams might get off the slow starts and a lot of good players 
might get off the slow starts as well to where that could possibly hurt them if they haven't gotten drafted already or might hurt possibly their standing in the franchise once you know they do elect to go to the AHL. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. And my last prospect, my NCAA prospect that I'm going to discuss, um, and you know, I I'm not really a big I'm not a whiz at defenseman, even though you know one of a lot of people when they look at players in the NHL they gravitate towards a player of a certain position that's just how it is some people are huge fans of goalies some people are huge fans of centers some people are huge fans of defensemen with me I'm a huge fan of defensemen I think that they're one of the most crucial players most crucial position in the entire game and I'll go into that a little bit later as well when I talk about my I make my case about why Victor Hedman might be uh might have a little bit of an advantage if you really if they're really going to vote the way they should you know not based on points but on on uh you know overall performance as a defenseman so i'm going to discuss right now nicholas perbix i hope i'm pronouncing that right he's a defenseman he was drafted in the 2017 draft in the sixth round um you know he a lot a lot of good things i've heard about him um but the thing was is that you know a lot wasn't known about him going into college um uh he was he was very 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 average in high school uh but he's a big kid he's he has a right-handed shot and he's very good hockey IQ um when he played in the USHL he uh he posted 29 points in 56 games for the Omaha Lancers um after he was drafted by the Lightning and then uh, he's been playing the past two seasons at St. Cloud University, uh, where he's he's put up 35 points in 73 games, which is, you know, it, it's it's not surprising. You know, we we play in an NHL where the players are a lot more, uh, I guess, diverse in their talents. Where you know, you, a defenseman, there's no such thing as a defensive defenseman really anymore. A lot of these guys are either going to be two way or offensive, so you know, it's very important that the Lightning stick to that trend you know they already have an offensive defenseman and when I say offensive defenseman I'm not saying that defensemen are going out there scoring 50 goals or th- even 30 goals um, it's very rare that you see a, a, a defenseman really hit the 30 goal mark um, you know we're not talking about Bobby Orr here or you know Paul Coffey or any of those big time guys we're talking about you know like Victor Hedman is kind of like your prototypical offensive defenseman so maybe eventually they could add him to that pairing um but at the same time everything with his with his uh talent level and all that it seems like eventually um right now if unless you know maybe he takes his game another notch he'll probably be a third pairing defenseman uh but at the same time he's 22 years old so the clock is kind of ticking on nicholas but at the same time he's a big kid He's 6'2", 191 pounds. You know, that's not huge by NHL standards. I mean, that's, I guess that's average size defenseman. Um, he'll probably add on maybe another 5, 10 pounds before maybe he gets his shot in the NHL. But I think that he is, I think he has a lot of upside. I mean, his numbers just, you know, he's, he's just, his offensive numbers have been going up every year with the more games he plays. So, yeah, granted, I mean, you know, he's only played, he only has like, he's average maybe, his high, he's probably average maybe five goals his past two years in college. But the numbers really show that he could facilitate, facilitate the puck. Um, you know, he had, he, had a, he had one season in the USHL where he, he had 25 assists. Now, granted, that's the USHL, but 
I, I, I'm a firm believer in if players have proven that they could do something once, regardless at any level, that you know, if they're talented enough, which I fully believe he is, I've seen, I've seen highlights of him play. I fully believe that maybe if he just gets everything together, just like you know the other prospects we've spoken about, Samuel Walker and Magnus Krona, then there's no reason as to why he can't do that as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. With a lot of these prospects, unfortunately, it's frustrating. You want to see these guys play now, but you just I I hate saying this, but it's just the waiting game. So I'm gonna end the show on a little spiel right now. I'm gonna discuss Victor Hedman being a finalist for the Norris Trophy. Now, like I said at the top of the show, no surprise there. I mean, you know, Victor Hedman is year in, year out. I, I've I've gone to using the the, the phrase uh, Victor Hedman goes out there year in, year out, and he does Victor Hedman things. And that that's him putting up a ton of points for, for a defenseman, ton of points. You know, he's not going out there throwing up 100 points a year. But... You know, Victor Hedman is still a, one of the best defensemen in the league. Um, I, I think that he's one of the most valuable players on this team. Uh, and he, you know, he already has a Norris Trophy under his belt, so you know that he's capable of, you know, he, he has the talent level. Um, he's definitely, I would say, the backbone of this team other than Steven Stamkos. He had 55 points in 66 games, um, and he's super consistent um i i heard someone say the other day that if you went into the lab and you asked a uh, a uh, scientist to to you know create a, a defenseman that would be victor hedman you know six six um tons of talent able to score able able to facilitate the puck um i think his ability um on the on the back check is incredible and you don't really see a lot of defensemen play that well on the defensive side of the puck like he does where you know they without compensating their offensive ability or vice versa you know play very well on the offensive side of the puck without compensating you know on the other side on their defense um his ability to get back on the rush to shut down the the fat the break is unparalleled in my opinion i it's just unfortunate that it seems now more than ever that the Norris trophy is just given to someone who scores the most points and um even you know I'm not discounting the level of play you know most likely John Carlson is going to win it just because of the great season he's had I mean he's put up a ton of goals he put up I believe he he put up 75 points this year um which is pr- a lot of points for a defenseman and then Roman Josie did the same thing as well from Nashville. I mean, he he put up a lot of points as well. So, you know, I would like to say that this is a three-horse race, but I think that, you know, putting up points, especially for defensemen in today's NHL, is definitely one of the sexier things that not only fans but writers and GMs look at as when they want to kind of put together their, their championship team. So I think that, Unfortunately, you know, even though he does deserve the award a lot, I think that Victor Hedman is going to fall short this year. But you never know. Maybe, maybe the, the the GMs will have a change of heart, and we'll see what. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, maybe he can make a case for it. Um, I believe they're going to announce the winner before the Stanley Cup Finals. So, uh, you know, even though I doubt they'll they'll take any of his playoff a. Uh, you know, performance into that. Hopefully, maybe they'll be swayed a little bit by 
by how we play. So, yeah. Um, but either way, win, lose, Victor Hedman's played an incredible season, and I would hope for him to win it, but I don't see a reason as to why John Carlson will be snubbed on it. Then again, crazier things have happened. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.